Thank you, John. Morning. Uh, I've, I've made some debuts in my time, but uh, this has got to be one of the scariest. Um, that's the good thing about being on stage is that all the lights are out and you can't see your audience. Uh, <laughs> so, why am I here? Um, it's a, a question that uh, we've probably all asked about ourselves uh, at some point throughout our lives. Um, about six months ago, I was chatting to Simon uh, and the subject of sermons came up and I said, rather foolishly, that's something I'd like to have a go at one day, um, as long as I have plenty of time to prepare for it. So Simon duly put me on the roster and I thought, okay, I can do this, it'd be quite straightforward, it'd be something about my faith or about how, how it's grown, how God called me into the church, that sort of thing. No, I got divorced. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we've got secret agents, is your heart softened for kingdom business? Mark chapter 10, all about divorce. Where do I start? So I thought, let's read the passage. It's a good place to start when you're looking at a sermon. So I read it. And then I cried. <laughs> no, I didn't really know. But I did panic about how I was going to link these two things together. First and foremost, when we think about divorce, we naturally assume that it's between a husband and wife. But we also hear in the news nowadays about children divorcing their parents or about celebrities who fade away from public appearance and, and become recluses, in effect, in effect, divorcing themselves from society. So what does divorce actually mean? Well, I looked it up, and one definition of the word is to cease or break association with someone or something. And in order for, the do for that divorce to occur, those two people must have been in some sort of relationship to begin with. So I thought, well, maybe that's the way I need to approach this from the point of view of relationships. And the most important relationship of all, obviously, is our relationship with God. And when we look at the, uh, the, the passage, we see three very distinct relationships uh, involving Jesus. Firstly, we've got the crowd. Jesus' presence brought a large number of people. His reputation was becoming more widely known, and crowds like this were commonplace wherever he went. And for a lot of those people, like some of you here today, they were in the very early stages, possibly even right at the start of their journey of faith, and were keen to find out everything they could about Jesus, about his teachings and about his way of life. And that's a very important point in which to start that journey. Next, we've got the disciples. They were, at the time, the chosen ones. And I'm sorry to disappoint any Jose Mourinho fans here, but he was not the first. <laughs> they were chosen by Jesus to learn from him, to spread his word, and to continue his teachings in his name long after he was gone, like many of us. And Jesus called them and simply said, follow me. And they gave up everything that they owned to serve him. And like some of us today, they had no idea 
what they would be asked of them or if they would even be able to do some of the things that they were asked to do. If somebody had said to me a year ago that I would be up here today preaching, I wouldn't have believed them. I still don't believe it now. Uh, I, I questioned whether or not I was ready for what lay ahead. Six months ago, I felt that I was maybe in the right position to take on that challenge. A month ago, I was still having my doubts. But God knows who we are and when we are ready to take that next step in our journey. And even the disciples who had spent more time with Jesus than anyone couldn't quite believe what he had said to the Pharisees and maybe even found his words quite radical to the point that they questioned him again when they got back to the house in verse 10. They still doubted whether they were prepared for what was to come. And finally we have the Pharisees. <clears throat> their, hard, their, their hearts were hard. They had no relationship with Jesus at all. To the point that they didn't even believe that Jesus was who he and everybody else was saying he was. And they sought to challenge and undermine him at every possibility and opportunity. In this instance, in verse 2, by asking him in front of the crowd whether it was lawful for a man to divorce his wife. And Jesus replies to them, what did Moses command you? To which they responded that Moses gave the man permission to write a certificate of divorce and send him on his way. Jesus tells them that this was a concession that Moses had made because of their hard-hearted ways. This wasn't part of God's original plan and all the while their, heart, their hearts were hard, they would never be truly ready to conduct kingdom business. God made us in his image, male and female, from the beginning of creation. And it's written in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, that in those times, the two would unite and become one flesh. And God even substantiates that statement when he created Eve. He used one of Adam's own ribs to create her. Two bodies effectively becoming one. Jesus goes on to remind the Pharisees that God, what God has joined together, let no man separate. And we need to bear this in mind when we, when we think about our own spiritual life <clears throat> with, with God. Our lives can become so busy that, you know, with our work, our families, our social activities, and they can sometimes take the, take the place of God. How many times have you heard, or even said this yourself, I can't go to church this week, I'm too busy, I haven't got time to pray, I've got too much housework to do, or I'm meeting a friend for a drink, I've had a busy day at work and I'm tired. These all sound like trivial things, but if we use them enough, and use them often enough as an excuse not to spend time in worship, before we know it, We've separated ourselves from God. We've strayed from our relationship. We've become hard-hearted. That may sound radical, but we sometimes have to ask ourselves, where am I in my, in my journey? 
Who am I? Am I, a, am I a member of the crowd? Am I just starting out? Am I a disciple? Have I been on this journey for a while, but I've still got my doubts? Or, and hopefully this doesn't apply to anybody here, am I a Pharisee? Relationships aren't easy. <clears throat> the road to a happy relationship is sometimes hard. You've probably heard it before, every couple has their ups and downs. And that's no different to our relationship with God. A lot of the time, he's testing us. He's testing our faith, and he's making sure that we're not hard-hearted. He's preparing us for what he's got planned when we go to meet him. I was watching uh, an episode of Only Fools and Horses the other night, <clears throat> and uh, for those of you that, that have seen it before and that know the characters, Raquel uh, Dell's significant other, uh, was talking to Rodney about his marriage and the problems that he was having. And she came out with a really great statement, which I thought fitted quite well. Relationships are like model aeroplanes. They don't come ready assembled. They come in kit form. They have to be worked at. The only difference between our relationships on earth and our spiritual one with God is that sadly we can't always reconcile those differences with our earthly ones and they end. But there's one person that is always there for us. God. God never strays. God never goes off with someone else. God is always there for us no matter what. All we have to do is turn to him and ask for his forgiveness and we're welcomed back with open arms. And when we turn to God and say, Lord, help me, show me the way, then our hearts are beginning to soften and we'll one day be ready to carry out kingdom business. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we lift ourselves to you. You see us for who we truly are and you are the only person who knows what we are destined for. Show us the way to a softer heart and prepare us for your kingdom's business. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.